Thanks for tuning in to Real Talk with Michelle, the podcast about purpose, where we discuss what it truly means to live your best life now. Hi, guys. On this week's episode of the Real Talk with Michelle podcast, I'm joined by Nashville, Tennessee native, intuitive healing coach, Wu Greer. Wu is a spiritual guide, mentor, storyteller, truth seeker, and a certified holistic life coach. You don't want to miss this episode, so get comfy, settle in, and enjoy the show. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Real Talk with Michelle podcast. This is episode number 71, Real Talk with Intuitive Healing Coach and friend, Wu Greer. Uh, Wu, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited for you to be here. Um, Take a moment and just tell the listeners a little something about yourself. Okay. So... As she stated, my name is Will Greer. I am an intuitive life coach. Um, I assist people in helping them break through patterns and cycles um, that sometimes they're unaware of or that they are aware of. They're like, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over and over again? And so we kind of dive deep into that. And I got into this because I I didn't realize this was something that I always did. Like I did this from the beginning of time and people used to always come to me for advice. Even when I was younger, I remember um, the last corporate job that I had, this older lady that used to work there, she used to always say, you are so wise for your age. And I used to think like, yeah, I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot. And so, um, I have always been like super fascinated with humans in general. Um, I love to observe um, and just kind of figure out why they do the things that they do. I watch body language. I read it all. So this is how I learned how this is how this is how I learned to read energy. Right. It wasn't like I was trying to. I just started to hone in on the things that I do when I'm like sitting in front of somebody or somebody speaking to me. I watch their body language. I I watch how they breathe. And then I just have this awareness or this knowing that this is what's happening. Let's go to the, you know, I know where to go to get to the root of that thing and start helping them unpack it. So I've been doing this literally all of my life, but um, taking it seriously was probably over the past three years. Um, Ended up going to the estuary to get like my life coaching degree. Um, Yeah. I mean, certification, not degree, Lord. But- Which, you know, learning. I did that because I, I honestly I did that because um I felt like I needed to have something for the people to take me seriously. Seriously. Okay. Let's and, take a quick like step backwards a little okay. bit and tell me a little about like your early life. What kind of like just your early life here, what kind of led you going towards the path that you're on now? Um, okay, so what you comfortable with only, of course. No, I'm, I'm right. Um, I never, I can't really say what l- led me here because when I was younger, okay, well, when I was six years old, my dad introduced me to the Bible. Okay, and he did it out of punishment. All right. So anytime I was being defiant or I wasn't following directions, he would always make me read a scripture out of the Bible or read a story in the Bible um, that was related to my behavior or whatever. Uh-huh. And I remember 
I used to dread it and hate it so much. I used to get so frustrated. First of all, I was always the King James version. So nothing really made sense <laughs> to me. And then it was just, to me, unnecessary. But there was this one time, and I can't tell you exactly what I was reading, but I remember that I, I had started to love it. Mm-hmm. And it was the stories. I was so fascinated about the people of the Bible and listening to those stories and their interactions with God. So that mm-hmm. kind of started me on my spiritual journey, right? Okay. Um, so from there, I grew up out East in the project, said accordingly this year. Um, so there, you know, there is always the saviors that are coming to the hood to try to help, you know, the inner city and whatever. And there was this church, the church bus called inner city Min- uh, inner city ministry kids or something like that. So I used to get on the bus and go to Bible study every Tuesday. And then Thursday, Faith is a Victory Church used to come to the school that's located in the projects, which is called school. And I would go there on Thursday. So every time my parents were looking for me, I was always at somebody's church. Now, I wasn't forced to go to church. I just right. started because I became very interested in this book that I was reading and so I had a lot of questions a lot of questions some of which I feel like they couldn't answer okay how I interpret a lot of what I read that's a common thing that I've noticed like eat like the most inquisitive children or the children that are like interested in learning different things is that we don't get a lot of answers to the questions like we want to understand the word but adults don't really have the answers for us so we have to I see do, her. I do believe that it has something to do with who we were in our past lives as well I think we continue to pick up and move towards the goal of clearing our karma and ascending and leaving so it's like because yes. even in the bible it talks about how a curious uh, a good uh, curiosity is what makes a good profit and so we all come here being prophets of God yeah, all have that curiosity in us because a we are co-creators and so mm-hmm. we are manifestations of God and so with that we have all the natural same ability the curiosity the creativity all of that is already within us some of us some of it for some of us it lies very dormant in us and so mm-hmm. when you start to get those people those kids who are very inquisitive and start asking those questions it's like what in the world but then also plant seeds for them to like get their wheels going even if they never come up with the answer or know that they already have the answer and don't already trust themselves to say whatever it is or what they're thinking right very very true let, um, and when I was reading kind of, you know, up and about you <laughs> from what I don't already know, like, how did you start to um, discover some of your intuitive gifts and what was that like for you? Oh, <laughs> it was around the same time. I think that I literally believe that all step, our steps are ordered, right? Everything that we do, we're ordained to do these things. So like, even from my dad introducing me to the Bible right at six years old, even if it wasn't in the best way, because I didn't start off having a love relationship with the word. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was like shortly after that, that I I started to have dreams. Okay. So this, I started to 
connect myself with Joseph in the Bible because I used to read about him having g- dreams and the church will always talk about how he went from the pit to the palace because he was able to interpret dreams and all of these things. And so I used to have dreams. Okay. And then I would, I just used to know stuff. I don't know how I knew it. I just, I just knew it. And so I got in trouble a lot for that. Mm-hmm. Because I, like, are you snooping? You in grown folks' business? You oh, know, yes, like you're being nosy. And I'm like, no, I just got it feeling, or I just know, and I just, I couldn't really give an explanation on how I knew. So it came off as if I was lying about, mm-hmm. you know, where the information come from. But I used to dream a lot about a lot about people, and I still do to this day. And sometimes it's just so random where I have these dreams about people. Maybe they're a follower on Instagram or something. And I used mm-hmm. to think, maybe I saw their page. This is why I'm dreaming about them. But it would nag me and bug me until I say something about it. And right. then I would like maybe send them a DM like, hey, I had this dream and I would tell them what the what I felt the message was. And I will always say, take what resonates with you. It doesn't have to be true for you. They it always comes back like <gasps> oh my gosh, so this is what I've been, I'm like, no, this is not what this is. <laughs> I just have to tell you what spirit told me to share with you and that's it. But yeah, so it started. Now, I remember when I was like 10 years old and I remember praying to God saying, take this away from me. Mm-hmm. Like it was scary. It, I don't know if it was scary. I just didn't like the fact that I got in trouble about it. So okay. like, I didn't like that. It made me feel different from everybody else. It made me different I wasn't like the rest of the kids that I grew up around and so I didn't like that I didn't I didn't like being different Mm, I was um I saw something online where like I think I think sensitive kids and like kids who kind of pick up on like like you said like energies of others around them like body language and I like I've always kind of been able to do that but they did like put it another way to me where they were like maybe it was because of like some of the things that were going on in like my household I became a little more hyper village uh about noticing like other stuff about people which I was like that's kind of fair but outside of what my parents might have had going on or anything around me that might have made me a little more like knowing when somebody might have an argument or like something's brewing I could do that outside of my house with people just the same way. So I like kind of um, like you were saying about like a a gift for me. I always just felt like I just kind of know, I know what's going to happen. I can all like, it's soon like if the end, like if I walked into a place and I can just feel like it's heavy in here or like people aren't happy in here. And it like makes me kind of want to like get out of those places. Like that was a thing for me where like my mother might've wanted me to go somewhere and I'm like, I don't want to go over there. Cause every time I go over there, I could tell like things just weren't right. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but- energy do not lie. It cannot lie. And I <laughs> always say that. And I think a lot of us, what happens is that we don't have the language for it. Right. And so if you don't have the language, then it's not real, you know, mm-hmm. because you can't really put it into words. So, or you're making it up. And so, yeah, a lot of our parents, they really didn't know what to do with 
<laughs> we like this because it's crazy. We're all sentient beings. We all feel. We right. all know when something isn't right for us because God is so expansive that like God speaks to us in so many different ways. And mm-hmm. so, but what we've been trained to believe and think that God only speaks to us through one way and it's through the book. And it's like, yeah. no, God speaks to us. Hell, sometimes I'm sitting watching a TV show, binge watching something, and like so many messages come through for me. Like if in my phone, if you was to look at my phone and my notes, it, you would be like, this girl is mad. It's like, I have so many notes in my phone because it is, I could be walking down the street and something hit me. I, uh, you know, an animal I saw and I could immediately know like, okay, this message is for me. Absolutely. Listening to music, having interactions with other humans. Like I just, I'm the same way. <laughs> my always is wild. Cause I, I feel the same way you feel like when it could just be the most like sometimes I'm writing in my journal and a whole other kind of thought comes in I'm like ooh, let me do that let me write that down real quick just somewhere else because this is something like spirit wants me to like look into or an idea or or just an idea to do something else or a thought about something I've been thinking of or waiting for the answer to and it just kind of comes to me in those moments too I feel like that's so exciting I feel like that's when you like you started to you've you've cleared out a lot of chatter because that's what I feel like a lot of my my work was to do was to clear out all the chatter because my brain all the time was doing a million things a minute and like none of the important messages were coming through to me. That's, kind of, that's what I do with my clients in a way. Like I, I'm not teaching them intuitive work per se, but right. I'm teaching them to, to like work through the shadow, right? Yeah. And that shadow is just the ego, that part of ourselves that we have a hard time facing or admitting, or we may have an awareness to, but we don't know what to do. Oh my gosh, what do I do? How do I break that? Yes. Um, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and I was gonna say, and so like that's part of my work because if you start to move through that, you start to clear a lot of that stuff, then you can become more of a clear channel to receive and hear and just know these messages as they show up. Now, you know, there are you still always have moments of like, is that me or is that spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's also one of the things that you eventually learn, and and part of that is just learning to trust yourself. Like, I, I, I teach you to learn to trust who you are. When I'm in my sessions, the first thing I say, I give like a rule of, um, I give the, the rules of engagement. And my first rule is I don't allow you to say, I don't know, because I believe in the power of words. And if you put that out there, you will not know. But if it hasn't come to you, sit with it for a second, mm-hmm. write it down if you need to wonder about it and let it come to you. There's no pressure in having to know right then and there, but stay open to the possibilities of the way that this message may come across to you. So don't mm-hmm. get into talking about, I don't know, because you do know, I promise you, you know, you just don't yeah. know. <laughs> exactly. That's very powerful. Like that's very affirming too, to have somebody just say, don't say you don't know. Um, but to, to just be like, I need to sit with that for a second. And like, it, it's not the, the knowledge isn't there yet, but I need to like sit with it for a second to figure it out. Um, I want like, talk about what you noticed um, in your work a little bit. Like what's, what's the collective like needing lately? Like as far as like healing, what, where's it, what's, what's going on? 
what I've noticed is that everybody who comes in meet with me or do sessions with me are just like me. Okay. They're so called to you. They are definitely called to me. Um, majority. And if there are some that I, that come in contact with me, I, all, I also have an awareness that like this might not work. And so I have to give the whole yeah you we're not for each other and it has nothing to do with who you are but overall there is this lack of worth okay um there is a lot of which is rooted in a lot of shame and a lot of guilt Mm. and I can notice it from a mile away because that is that's my story that's my background right and Mm -hmm. a lot of times like I don't feel worthy of a lot of things. So I had to do a lot of work through that. And as I'm working through it, I meet more people like me that share a piece of my story. When I first started to like get very serious and like do this on a regular, like this is going to be my full time. Yes. Um, Congratulations on that too. Congratulations. Thank you. When I decided to stop doing hair and move into this more, um, more seriously, I struggled from the very beginning. And I remember like I had to get a, I had to start back therapy when I started doing sessions with people because of the way that it affect me. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember my, after like a month of doing sessions, I was doing, I had, I was seeing three different clients regularly through the month. So after that first month, I remember when I got into my second therapy session, we got on that Zoom call and I bawled for 45 minutes straight. Wow. And I'm not a big crier. First of all, I'm a Virgo. So tears, what are these? What are these? <laughs> so I, was, I, I remember sitting in that, just a quick story, guys. I remember sitting in like probably one of the first circles I sat in with women about like awakening and everything. And I remember everybody in this circle was bawling and we was over there just looking completely normal. Like, what is wrong with y'all? <laughs> like not judging us or anything, but just being like, y'all are some crying. Like everybody. So first, okay, before I get back into it, but that's because I receive a lot through my body feeling. Like I receive a lot, not just through feelings, but like I receive so much information in my body. Like I can sit in a session or be around somebody and I can start feeling the pain hitting my body. Mm -hmm. And I immediately know exactly what it is. And so I might come to like, oh, is this okay? So this is what I'm feeling. And it, mm-hmm. you can take it, you can leave it. I'm not saying that you, just because this is what I'm feeling doesn't make it true, right? We all right. have our own truths. And so I feel it in my body. So when everybody around me starts having an emotion, like I absorb it in my body. So okay. I was recently reading about empaths because everybody talks about, I'm an empath, I'm an empath, I'm an empath. But it's like empaths make up one to 2% of the population on earth, right? right? And I'm like, not everybody is an empath. Now we all do receive messages and we can like empathize and mm-hmm. you know, other people's feelings, but to actually how it affects you energetically is very different, right? And so I was I was reading up about it and I had did like my human design anyway. That's a whole nother conversation for a different day. Ooh, so yes. like, I've been tapping into that a whole lot. And I learned that like I am legit an empath. It all makes sense now. And so I feel it. And when I feel it, it gets very uncomfortable for me a lot of at that moment when at that mm-hmm. time I was still learning how to what to do when I received the way that I was. And when I'm in those space with more than three people, <laughs> right? It's a lot. 
I hate going to the grocery store. I literally cannot go to the grocery store without having headphones to try to help block a lot of what's going on around me so that I don't absorb a lot of that. So I need a distraction to be happening at the same time so that like my waves don't start catching everybody else's frequency. So that's why it was, it was team too much for me. (laughs) I just remember. (laughs) And then naturally, I'm also like, naturally, I'm like, oh my gosh, let me help you. Give me a hug. Tell me why you're crying. And so I had to watch that. I remember my husband first telling me, this was like a while ago, right before I stopped doing hair. And I I had wrote it on my mirror because I write a lot of messages to myself on my mirror to remind me. And he used to say, you not assigned to everybody. And so I wrote that on the wall and I'm like, I see that every day because I have to know this because I know my heart and I like, I care a lot about people at the same time. Mm -hmm. I want to help people whether I want to be around them or not, but I do want to help. I want to make sure you're okay. I want to give you a a safe space. But I have to know that you are not for me and I'm not for you. And there's, I can't do everything for everybody. I can't. It's just- That's that's such an important thing to like learn too. It's like, who you know, I like sometimes I just have to be like, you know what? Like I love you so much. I pray for this person to have this and I hope like I wish them the way through it, but I can't I can't take it on all day, every day. Like I, mm-mm, mm-mm. not at all. And but if if I'm not careful, I will try to. Yeah, I, I, I literally would try to. And and I think when I was doing hair, it kind of prepared me for that because Every time someone sat in my chair, it was like they would pour their life out to me. And every other client would be like, I don't know why I'm telling you this. I'm like, and still to this day, people say this to me. I could be uh-huh. out in the store and somebody walk up and like, I like your hair. I'm like, thank you. And when I make eye contact with them, they're like, oh my gosh, I feel like I want to tell you this. And I'm like, please don't. <laughs> no, I, I just, please. I just, I'm trying to get dinner for the night and go on out the door. So I have to be very, I had to learn boundaries. Like Kenya was somebody who really taught me real boundaries. Real boundaries. Not just by telling me, but by setting them by example. Like Exactly. Like these are my play with these boundaries Because she understood how boundaries kept her safe, energetically, spiritually, physically, and all of those things. I didn't grow up in that way. And so mm-hmm. having, you know, I didn't grow up in that way. And, you know, I got to kind of like boundaries, girl, boundaries. You got your nerve. Shut my door if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in here belongs to me. I'm like, well, I got this for Christmas. <laughs> mine no girl so true it belongs to me and I'm like okay so I didn't learn boundaries at Mm -hmm. all she was very 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 she's been very like important to my journey that's great it's important to have somebody we can journey through this with or who might have learned a lesson before us a little bit that can like share stuff with us like that that's a that's really important to me too um but you were but you were saying like people like the like you know some of your clients are just not feeling worthy like that's kind of like a a number one thing that's happening right now I can see that that's something I've had to reteach myself too like it's ongoing though it's like an ongoing battle even when you get to this level in your journey and you like I know that I'm worthy there's a difference between knowing and feeling that you are worthy right Mm -hmm. so um <clears throat> so with that being said it's just like you don't recognize 
at every level, every point that worth is playing a part in this. Yeah. Because it's like you you got to you got to this 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 one level in in the journey. You're like, all right, I'm here. Like I'm comfortable doing that stuff. And then you're then you're like, all right, there's some other things that I do want to accomplish, and I have to put, like push myself to this next level. When you get there, you know you've evolved. So the people, the situations, everything that come along with that too require a different version of yourself, and you have to feel worthy to be in that space like all over again. So. I think it it is definitely an ongoing thing. I'm working with it, you know. <laughs> it, it's, no, it's a it's it's not like um, you know this is a it's forever. A it's yeah. a journey. It's not like a destination. You're not gonna just reach it. You know, I'm a like even when people talk about I'm healed and I'm like you're healing. Like mm-hmm. I'm still healing from a lot of things and some stuff that I really did some intense work on still comes up in certain yeah. situations because we don't know all of our triggers. We don't know what affects us in those ways. But as I was telling you, when I first started the journey of like <clears throat> opening up my practice and I sat in, in, in that first therapy session and I literally bawled for 45 minutes straight and she just listened to me. I mean, I was, I wept and, and she just was like, sitting there the whole time it was just like she was holding space for me to feel those emotions right mm-hmm. and so that was the big moment for me of having to learn what what do I do with the stuff that I receive right because yes. a lot of that was staying in my energy but mostly I was weeping because I, I, I like I just have a different type of respect and love for women today mm-hmm I, I said that I was like the collect. I said I'm so happy that women are starting to just soften back up to each other, like mm-hmm. and hold space for each other and community again. Like somewhere that like got lost a little bit. It's is and especially in our community, right? In in right. a black woman, because when I re- I can remember growing up in hearing like if another black girl did something to me, oh she's just jealous of you. Or, you know, like these things were really planted into us at such yeah. an early age. And so we grew up feeling like, you know, every, we're in competition with each other versus like we in this together. And yeah. not we only that, each other instead of, you know, thinking that that girl, like, you know, that girl is hateful and just being like, hey, sis, like what, what, what have I done to you? Or what have you perceived that I have done so we can talk about it? Because a lot of that, like, it would be nothing. Like when I would finally talk to that girl or the woman and like ask what was really going on, like it's something so minuscule that like can be squashed or was not even important at all. That it, I mean, it seems that way, but it, but again, you have to understand other people's triggers in the way True. that they were raised. So what may be small to you mm-hmm. is very big for them. Cause it was, the, it was the same for me. Like my sister and I, we grew up, I have two sisters and a brother of, um, and there was some resentment between my older sister and, and me. And so, and we grew up that way. Um, she, my mama worked multiple jobs. So she was in the household taking care of us. And, you know, she mm-hmm. treated us as if we were her children, me and my youngest sister. And I always looked at her as my sister. And so we were running to some issues there because she feels like, you know, she has the word of mama. So I have to follow in with that. And so it created a lot of resentment between us. And, and then because 
um, it, it created a lot of resentment towards us. So she was my, her and my mom was my first example of interacting with women. Mm-hmm. And so as I got older, it wasn't until probably like two years ago when I recognized how I didn't have the best relationships with women mm-hmm. and how that was really a problem, right? In the past, I knew I didn't have great relationships with women, but I didn't care. I just like, mm-hmm. oh, I get along better with men. This is cool. I don't necessarily need to have relationships with other women and stuff like that. Right. It's because I didn't trust them or I never felt safe with women. Okay. And it, it, it could be something so small by something you said that offended me. And instead of me going to you and saying, hey, that offended me, I just would completely distance, take flight, take flight. Yeah. And be done with it. And, but that's because that's what I learned in my household. It okay. was never safe to be emotionally vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now I'm learning to do that all over again. And, I, and the reason that I learned to do these things is because I had to do the work within myself, right? It wasn't never about anybody else. I needed to create a safety for myself and what's, what it looks like and stop putting my safety in the hands of somebody else. So mm-hmm. even if I came to you, Michelle, and I said, hey, when you said that, you hurt my feelings. And you like, well, the last time we had this conversation, you said that, like, if you took it there, like, it's not for me to feel unsafe in that moment. It's right. now it's time for me to discern how I want to continue moving forward through this relationship. Do mm-hmm. I want to try to hold space for you to get there? Or do I need to like tell you this isn't going, I don't want to be in friendship with you anymore and go on by my separate way. Now right. I'm, I, this is something that I've learned. I don't have to wait for you to create a safe space for me. I just have to know that you don't have the capacity or the ability at that moment to do that for me. It doesn't stop me from being emotionally vulnerable with you, but it does stop me from having a relationship with you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You're so right. And I I think for me, I I definitely had to learn to be able to hold space for other people because I always thought I was right. So like I had to learn like sometimes like other, other people have an emotional response to things that you were doing too. And that's okay. You know, because I, like if I thought I was right, nothing else you could have said would have even mattered. Right. But, and so that Virgo in you, that Virgo <laughs> rise. What is you a Virgo rise? Listen, wait though. I just found out that my mother fluffed the time of day. Like I'm actually an Aquarius rising, like all the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but I'm like that Virgo though, like it's there. Like, I feel like a connection to it. There's definitely like a little Virgo on my chart, but like, not a lot. I just think I'm just the things about the Virgo, like the meticulousness. That's like a, that's a real thing for me. Yeah, It's the same. Well, see, I, I have a lot of air in my chart. So, um, I'm a Virgo, but I have like, I'm a Libra rising and moon. And so yes. <laughs> that organization and all of that stuff really I'm not that type of Virgo like, I, I kind of move with the air I move with the wind yes. <laughs> I was the same way I had a hard time you know admitting when I was wrong or even listening to people tell me how the things that I did or said hurt them or whatever because I, I immediately would feel shame or guilt yeah. yep. because I hurt you and like mm-hmm. I know my intentions going in is never to hurt anybody. Like I am, 
I love to help others. I love yeah. to support others. And so to know that I did something to cause you harm used to make me feel a lot of shame and guilt. And so I will run from that as well because mm-hmm. it's, it's the same way I used to do with my relationship with God, which is why I moved from a more religious background to a more spiritual foundation. Now I have more of like a spiritual foundation. Like I'm open to open to all the ways that God communicates to me because what the church did to me was they created so like war within myself yeah because you can't do this you can't do but I'm like I naturally feel this way you know mm-hmm. right and I know they they talk about if you feel that way then you probably because you're feeding the flesh and you know all of this stuff but I'm like no I was literally designed right like, I can't cut this off I don't know what you want me to do with this right like, and so I'm like I'm to make a mistake was very hard for me. And I used to feel mm-hmm. so much shame and so much guilt. And so I would take long pauses and break from church. Like I would leave church for six months, a year at a time, because I would literally hide from God. And church wasn't the only place that I had a relationship with God with, but even in my own practices, I wouldn't practice right. because I'm running from God right now as if I can. Mm-hmm. But like that was what, it was, this was always something that I battled with. Right. And I was sick of it. I got to a place and I'm like, I started having these. I had more questions that people couldn't answer. I remember going back and forth in like Sunday school, even as an adult, I'm talking about as a grown adult with like what I think to be true. And I I remember when I had my last corporate job, he, my boss was a deacon of his church. And so we used to talk about a lot of stuff in the Bible. And he used to always tell me like, I love your perspective on how you, view and see the bible and i'm like because not everything in that bible is true right you have to think about it was right like, by a man <laughs> still like, that and like it's not even just so much as it being written by a man but it's also the power that humans want to possess and yeah. so what other way can we take can, what other way can we have power and take your power away Mm -hmm. in some of that words some of them words is it's just that like it's like you can't do this so if I don't do this like you take away my natural abilities to be who I am created to be authentically okay yeah that's such a beautiful way to look at that tell me um you're very intentional on the way that you approach um your relationship you're married and the connection that you guys have what kind of led you what led you into that like being more intentional about your relationship your marriage how you connect so with my marriage um I just I had so many failed relationships prior to and I like so many like a lot but my very first relationship I was ever in, I started dating this guy when I was 13 till I was 21. He became very physically abusive when I was 16. Mm-hmm. And so um, I ended up getting pregnant by him at 16. And this is when the abuse started. The day that I found out I was pregnant, he was like, well, we could get this baby up out of you. And so he used wow. to start like hitting me in my stomach. And then we, we will physically fight. Like I'm from the hood. And so to me, we fought so much. I used to think that I wasn't a victim to domestic violence because I fought his ass back. Like, right. I, you know, lay down. But again, this is how my mind 
was conditioned to believe because first I come from the hood and so my mama brought she raised fighters like she right. raised us to fight so that we can protect ourselves in what I call the jungle right and so he became very abusive towards me and then later like how I got away from him because I still would just naturally go back to him always mm -hmm. and I just and again, whereas being adults today, we were like, okay, she is stupid. She's crazy. Why does she keep going back into this situation? Well, I later found out, I later discovered as I was doing my work, uh, yeah. this is probably summer 2020 when I was really unpacking the stuff as to why I kept going back. I grew up, my mama used to, I used to get whoopings a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, whether I was getting smacked for something I said or like getting an actual whooping a lot. And so my mama would whoop me, but then she would be like, I love you, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like, I love you. And so I would go back under in, in into her space wanting that affection. And so like I later found out that that was the correlation to why I chose a lot of abusive relationships because he wasn't mm -hmm. the only abusive relationship it was just in a different way. Yeah, it was just in a different way. So um, he was, yeah, he was, it was just in a different way. And I'm, I'm going to break that down a little bit more. Let me get okay. Hey guys, we'll take a break and we're going to hear from our sponsors. Um, so we were talking about um, how you were being more intentional about your connection with your husband and relationships moving forward, uh, mm -hmm. relationship or not, honestly. So as I was saying, um, I later like had correlated the abusive relationships that I had with me into my relationship that I had with my mom. And it wasn't like, um, you know, like growing up, um, culturally, it's just, a lot of things that our great great grandparents took with them that passed down through the generations, right? And so, with each generation that comes through, they're like, I'm gonna do it better than the last. I know I didn't like how this was, so I'm gonna treat my kids this way. But even though whoopings were like normal in our culture and still is for some to this day, yeah. I choose personally not to whip my children because of how it affects me emotionally and mentally, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I used to have to have these hard conversations with my mom. We've done a lot of healing behind this and I understand now where she comes from with a lot of it. But I later learned that the relationships that I chose were because of her. And so a lot of times we think that women grow up and be with guys that are like their dad. No, it's, it's the parents who have the most effect on you. It's the, the parent where you feel um, the most love from or what you think or believe is love. And so you start to, you search for that thing that's very familiar, right? Whether right. if it's, no matter if it's safe or toxic or whatever, we, we search for things that are familiar to us. It's just how the human mind works. And mm -hmm. so- he was very abusive and he used to, he used to talk crazy to me, all, all of this stuff. And so I dealt with that until I was 21. He had it ended up breaking up and breaking in my home and then sending me to the hospital later. So with stitches all in my face and my gums and stuff. And so that is kind of how we ended up breaking apart because he ended up going to jail behind that for a while. Yeah. And moving on to my next relationship. 
he was an emotional abuser. And it, mm-hmm. it was just like, I had a physical abuser, emotional abuser, verbal abuser. So it just, I just kept going after the abuser. And because I felt like I would go there with them, I, was, I wasn't a victim, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got married <laughs> that things changed. What okay. was the relationship prior to my marriage that really kind of opened my eyes to some things because of like, it was a lot of pressure around that relationship of me like opening up and being a little bit more emotionally vulnerable and being things that I wasn't ready to be. And so from there, when I got into this relationship with my husband and I knew that my husband was exactly for me, like Mm -hmm. I remember praying this prayer, asking God to remove like my feelings and these thoughts for this person that I was dating before him. Like, if this is not who I'm supposed to be with, then like, I need you to move him out of my awareness. And I, like a month later, one of my friends said to me, I ain't heard you talk about him. I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't. I hadn't even noticed that I hadn't thought about it, but I knew that he was supposed to be a part of my life during that season, because there was a lot of things that brought me, brought a lot of things into awareness, like some of the things that I needed to work on personally. And so when I got into this relationship, I, we had been friends for like eight years prior to dating. I never saw myself dating him. All my friends used to be like, why y'all don't date? Y'all are so good together. I'm like, because he's like the boy version of me. Like he's the boy version of me. So what does that look like me dating myself? Now that was, that was also a red flag for me because if I couldn't date myself, then what I look like being, you know, somebody else. Exactly. So that gave me more insight to like, things that I needed to work through and work on about myself. Mm-hmm. And so when we got together, he is literally the male version, but he's also the male version <laughs> of my mom. Okay. Ah. In, in a way of like how he triggers me and challenges me that makes me very uncomfortable. It's not unhealthy. Right. I would deem it to be unhealthy sometimes based off of my response to it. And initially, because it just, I'm like, it's like growing up in my childhood home all over again. Right. Okay, spirit is like this on my shoulder. Like it's time to heal this. It's time to work for this. You can't run because yeah. now you've made a commitment. You've made a vow to this person in this relationship before God that, you know, you, you guys are going to be together through thick and thin for better or for worse. And it's not that it was a, an abusive relationship. It wasn't a toxic relationship, but we were yeah. headed in direction had I not started to do the work that was going to move me into a different light, into a different, you know, into my, my highest self. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm still working on moving into that direction. So there were things about him that triggered so much of my childhood that what happened initially through our, our beginning of our relationship. And he said this reason, he said, you've been uh, one foot out the door since this relationship started because <laughs> I've been wanting to run, run, run. Okay. The, the minute that I feel like this is unsafe for me, let me get the hell up out of here. Let me get the hell out of here. No, you got to sit your ass still and you got to move through this. Why does it make you feel this way? Why why are you triggered by this? What is really happening? And every time I sat with it, it never had anything to do with him. He was Mm -hmm. just, you know, he's the vessel that God is using to move. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. But with that though, you know, I have... He is also, our marriage is one of the reasons why I created 
um, equally aligned, which was a journal and card deck of questions to help couples, people who are seriously dating in a relationship to talk about some things that will come up in your marriage that I feel like it's very important for you guys to have these conversations so that you know that you're on the same page and it's just not about attraction. This is like, right. we talk about building and doing life with each other, right? Exactly. And just knowing if this person is truly my person or somebody that I, I want to do the work with, right? Mm-hmm. It's, 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 I'm not going to sit here and like, oh, you know, my marriage has been super easy. It hasn't because of all the work that I had to do. Like I have experienced so much trauma in my life. Mm-hmm. We don't even have enough time to go through a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And so- there was a lot of things that he were he was feeling like he was having to take the fall for because of these things that happened, you know, pr- prior to us being in a relationship with each other. And it's mind boggling for him a lot of times because it's like, oh, my gosh, like how how like God, it, it's not one thing he can say to me that I haven't had an experience. Uh huh. That's so hard for him. It's yeah. so hard for him because it's like. He's having to, he, he used to feel like he was walking around on eggshells a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, if I come down too hard on this, then I'm going to create an explosion. But I also right. had to learn how to like chill, mm-hmm. how I respond to things. Yeah. Like I come from a loud ass household. We cuss and we go out, you know, we, we, we go off on each other, but we, we cool afterwards. And he used to be like, I don't know what to do with that. Oh, right. That's a lot for somebody else. Like and he's the only <laughs> child. Like he's like, oh, well. Like, he's not even used to anybody else saying anything. Once they say something to him, it's over and it's quiet again. It's like, it is. Know. He's like, <laughs> or he's, he's, he doesn't have these interactions with people because it's just him. And you know, yeah. like, he grew up, his parents are older, they're married, like his background is so different from mine. So to like some sometimes I'm a lot for him, which yeah. but we, we both we have conversations a lot. And like there's nobody else on this earth that I would rather do the work with other than mm-hmm. him. Like he still legit is my best friend, but like he was my friend before that. And, and sometimes it get a little tricky because it's like, is my friend still in there? But right. it's like, yeah, but trauma is also real. Exactly. And I've had to like talk to him about holding space for me because like, mm-hmm. I know how to do that for other people, but I need people to do that for me as I move through my journey as well. Like, exactly. I I need your assistance. You need a little grace sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> like, or just give me some, yeah, give me some, have patience with me while I navigate through whatever this is is coming up for me. I will say that the relationship I'm in now, he was also a very big catalyst to helping me like see outside of myself because like I said, I think people were afraid to even try to tell me stuff because like I said, I thought I knew everything. You couldn't tell me anything about myself. So it was probably the first person that like I kind of allowed in because it was just such a, you know, it's real soft and touchy when you're in that like moment where you're awakening and like shedding things about yourself and like Mm -hmm. not really even knowing who you are at the moment. Mm -hmm. Just anything anybody say can make you either go off irritated cry or go away from everybody and go inside and he was really one of the first people who just pointed things out to me but the relationship works because when I could go in and figure out what it was that triggered that or some deep deep emotion I didn't know existed that came up he would give me grace through it he would be like like he really was just like 
he told me once he was like, this is the first relationship that I've been in where I told somebody something and they actually changed it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like fix the behavior or at least knows, like try to figure out or do self-work just to try to figure out like, what about that situation? Like really made me like go towards that way with you. Just a lot of attachment things I had to work through Mm -hmm. stuff from childhood, but he really did just give me a minute. Like it's going to be wild at first. Like I'm coming out of a lot of old behavior patterns and stuff. And it's hard to rewire yourself a little bit, or at least to say, let me take a minute with that. Like you said, <laughs> and if one thing that you said is like you you really trying to figure out who you are and I think that that's like an ongoing thing like we never really truly discover who who we are right, right. That's, that's the part of the journey is mm-hmm. rediscovering self over and over and over and over and over again and what that looks like for each season and each level of life mm-hmm. and I'm still so, so even with my husband sometimes he's like I don't know. I, I just don't know what to think. It seems like things are changing, like at the blink of an eye. Like last week you like this, this week you don't. I'm like, because <laughs> like you said, we're shedding, we're constantly releasing and letting go and making room for like who we're called True. to be. Uh, yeah, like the, at, at the stage that you're at. Like, yeah. and I think it's important, like with a life partner or a husband or somebody you choose to do life with, to know that in the process like the next day I might not be into the thing again like I tell people I, I used to love going out being out social and then I realized I was like maybe that wasn't who I really like or maybe that's what I needed at the moment but like now there's a lot more like I like being in the house I like to chill I like to keep my interactions a little more limited more intentional with who I'm doing and sharing space with so that changed so in the beginning I had to be like because we met and we kind of went out and bopped around and Corona happened and everybody had to chill. And it really made me think like, I always loved being in my house. That's why I made my house look beautiful. Cause I like being in it and I wasn't spending time with it, but it like people have to know that at every point in between this person might change. And are you okay with that? Is that something like, you know, you guys can, can't like that person is comfortable with because I noticed like in a lot of my relationships when I got ready to open a business I got to do something else that that agitated a partner you know and like they weren't used to me being this new person which it had to be a business on I had more things to do a lot of different things to take care of and it caused friction so I think what I was looking for in new relationships was to connect where you know it's safe for me to grow and change because a lot of my life up to friends everybody I had to explain why I was always changing or why I wanted to do something different or I was taking another path and I wasn't who who they were used to me being basically and you know part of that is like I always tell people initially that we all have potential, right? Um, everybody has potential in them because we're created in the likeness of God, but not everybody has the capacity to meet that potential. And yeah. so when you decide today, I'm meeting the potential that is set before me, that I know this within me, like it makes the people around you look at themselves. Oh, yeah. For some it's challenging, you know, to have to face or see themselves in a the mirror. So I, I refer to my husband as a mirror for me, not necessarily a catalyst for my growth. I mean, some may say that, but for me, it wasn't like he were, he was like, you're doing this, this is happening. It was always, 
things that I would get annoyed with him about, it always made me reflect on myself. Yeah. Okay, if I if this if this grinds my gears so much, what is it about this? And right. how does it show up in my life? Like mm-hmm. I may not be this way towards him, but am I this way towards my daughter? Am I this way towards a friend? Am I this way how I approach my business, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times the things that bothers us about other people is really the, the very thing that we feel about ourselves. And some of us try to repress and suppress it and push it all the way down, but then you come as a mirror and you're like you know you're doing this and it's like you're causing them to have to like get the wheels rolling and do something different Mm -hmm. change is inevitable like we there's nothing we can do about (laughs) change is just gonna keep constantly happening but for a lot of people change equates to fear Mm -hmm. that was me when I first got into my marriage and my relationship like I suffered a lot in this, in my first year, first two years of marriage, you know, I, I came into it. We got everything happened real quickly. We started dating in July. Um, the end of September, right at the beginning of October, we were like, we need to move in with each other. We started moving in. And as I was moving in, I found out that I'm pregnant. And then he mm-hmm. proposed to me in November. And then we got married in December. So that like happened in like a four or five months span, right? Wow. I didn't know it was that quick. I mean, I know because I know you I was watching <laughs> it, but I don't think I like quite at the time. <laughs> There's this scripture that that's in Amos, Amos 9, 13 through 15, that like, I, it plays over and over every time I think about that period of my life because it talks about how God makes up a lost time. How we feel like, you know, how a lot of people feel like they got to get the hit the checklist. I got to do this and this, this by yeah. this time, by this age. But all of that that happened to me in such a short window, right? Mm-hmm. It was like God was, it said God would make up a lost time and have your head spinning. I was like, <laughs> like why motto for that year for 2017? I remember like it was yesterday because it was so like that year was so significant. It was faith trumps fear. And so, yeah. like, in, in order for my faith to trump the fear, I had to be open to all the changes. It was Man. still very hard for me. It was real very hard. It was still very hard for me that it, it started to create like anxiety and that turned into depression. And by the time I had my baby, I fell right into postpartum depression and that went on for 18 long months. And this was all within a new marriage. Right. Ooh, God knew you you can handle it though. You knew you can handle it. I don't think that it was more so about handling it. it. I think it was just more so about, because to me, I don't feel like God do these things to us or, okay. you know, necessarily allow me to have these experiences. Or struggle, yeah. Oh, the struggle, yeah, the struggle. To me, I'm having this experience because there's something here for me to grow, to learn, to learn new about myself. When you get to asking, who are you, right? Yeah. I'm learning who I am um, as a divine being, as a human, and, mm-hmm. and all of that at the same time. So a lot of that has to do with what's in alignment and what's not. Yeah. And again, my, 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 my motto for that year was faith trumps fear. But as the changes started to take place, my fear was kicking in. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't allowing myself room to grieve. Like we forget that grief is so important for us to have to process because we think that grief is only associated to when somebody dies. You, yeah. I did die. I literally died. Yes. 
it was it was I, I, a whole I version of yourself, a whole version of myself, and so having to come into this new space of being a mom of not just the twins because it was just me and the twins for a while, yes, for a while, and now I have more children. You know, my husband came with two, so now we got four. And we pregnant. We about to have five. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm the girl with all the kids now. Oh my god. <laughs> and I knew how to be a parent to Reagan and Riley. I, mm-hmm. I knew how to be a mama to them. I figured it out. Like even at the beginning of that process, it was very challenging. Mm-hmm. But once we got our groove going, boom, here we are three, four years. And then boom, a new change, something come in and change. And then I'm having to adjust. And then when I got pregnant, I was so sick. I couldn't work. So I had to become yes. dependent on my husband. And I'm talking about I've been making money since I was in the second grade. What are we doing here? (laughs) I can't braid a head. I can't get out. You were so sick. I remember you were. I was trying so hard to like in that resistance. This is what was creating this anxiety. This is what started the wheels of depression because I was resisting the change. I'm like, I know that my baby don't want me doing y'all hair stuff but i'm gonna try anyway i remember having a client in a chair and having to leave out go to the bathroom and throw up and come back oh wow that's and she was like do you want to reschedule i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> i gotta do this like we can't we prove a point it's so wild that you say that like in the way that you say like the baby was like hey mom you ain't really supposed to be doing this other things you need to be paying attention to some other work you're being called to because like I tried to I was feeling the resistance like I sat at Eastside Nails for a minute and I was doing nails again like I'm like I need to make some money my money situation's changed since um I've gotten a divorce and I'm like on my own again and but I already knew I was being pushed to one, do this podcast, work on this, which led me into like looking into coaching as well. And I remember I went back in, I was working, I was finally back in the groove. And then um, we got that tornado that came through that just kind of like did all that. That took me out of the seat. I was really trying to do the business end of it, which was what I was doing, like making sure the girls like, you know, that, like their clients knew what was going on, rescheduling, all the stuff that goes with that. And then I got back in there for a week and then Corona happened. Like, it was like, I was not supposed to be in that chair, whatever way other people look at it. Like I explained it to my mother and she was like, that's wonderful that you can see that that was what was happening. Like I wasn't supposed to sit in that chair. Like it was taking me away from other projects that I was passionate about, like sharing my voice, which was a thing for me. I lost my voice during the whole process of like, when I was awakening, like soft spoke, like People couldn't hear me anymore. And it was like, I did a lot of work to push back into sharing my voice with people, like things I have to say, sharing a message, telling people stuff that I had been through during that time, like just how difficult it was. And so I don't, I just went it when I, after Corona, I was like, I'm not going to push myself back into Eastside Nails because I just didn't feel like I was supposed to be sitting there. I'm like, that's my business is supposed to bring abundance to me so that I can work on my other things. Mm-hmm. And so like, but being able to like, not be afraid to do it, it was a little easier because like I came out of corporate America and was like, I'm about to go to nail school. I was good and broke then, but I like figured that out and you know, there was something waiting on the other side of that, a business that is turning into something that brings me what I need so I can work on what brings me like joy and like makes me light up, like talking to you and like getting to share this with people who listen to my podcast. Um, Yeah. 
but I like I feel you on that like and see people would say that like God, that, that you know then the next prayer with all of that that happened to you like the tornado then corona like God why is this happening to me why are you doing this to me it's like no what are you missing because it's not happening to you it's happening for you yeah so, like, what is what are you missing what are you resisting like moving into that space versus like oh this all of this is happening to me at one time it's like no it's happening for you because it's trying to push you into your authentic self it's trying to push you towards your truth and so it and I, I try to teach that a lot especially with my clients because you know when we get in when we start to focus so much on the things that are happening to us that's when we start to spiral this is where the anxiety kicks in this is where the depression kicks in this is where all those emotions that we start to feel having panic attacks and things like that is because we believe that there's some type of external forces causing this to happen with mm-hmm. really if you miss control trying to control and and not operating in alignment now i'm not gonna sit here and say you know when god calls you to a space it's so easy to answer that call and move and now you know life in abundance no (laughs) there's some pain involved every time you move to the unknown there's pain involved because there's something that you have to leave behind there's something you have to let go of and so it's 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 challenging but you have to have faith this is where faith gets in to say that okay i trust whatever's on the other side of it mm-hmm. i trust whatever's inside this unknown that i'm yeah. walking into is literally for my highest good yeah and it says that all things work together for the good of those who love god and called according to the purpose all things good bad ugly happy sad all of those all things work it. for us and you have to have faith and trust like the good is something like it's on its way or it's coming it might not feel like it but mm-hmm. you have to wake up every day choose your happiness and still like move through so like to you know you you're going to get to that space but whoo it ain't for the week that's why we tell people i'm like y'all like i took a really like i took some pay cut 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 like uh, you know like a lot to be able to do what i know makes me happy money is not what ha- makes me happy i just like you know my needs to be met but there's some uncomfortable spots where sometimes i like had to work things around re- and like now that I've done that, I see now, like, you know, it's like now the, the financial thing makes sense for me to be able to like do that. But I had to, I had to do it. I had to trust and it was hard, <laughs> but you know, like here we are on the other side having this conversation. Um, I wanted to talk to you about, um, I ask people kind of what they do for self-care and I've always, you know, like since I like, I always mention like watching people and as like everybody knows, I mean, online, like we make our posts, we talk about stuff we do and you became um, a yoga instructor and you've always done. I remember when you were doing yoga and just, you might've just been doing a few poses to watching it turn into like your beautiful flow and practice that you share with people. Like, is that like one of the things that you do do for your personal self-care? I do. I need, so movement is very important. And like I said, from the beginning, I absorb energy in my body. And so it wasn't just the, it wasn't just about releasing the the trauma that's stored in our body. Because remember, our body remembers what our mind do not. And so every experience becomes an imprint in our body. And so movement was very important for me. Like when I don't have enough sleep, my body will start to have flu-like symptoms 
Okay. I, I used to be like, this is so weird. But now I'm starting to understand my body and how it communicates. It's like, I'm trying to get your attention. Yes. So if I take like a, you know, a five hour nap when I wake up, I'm not sick no more. Like, I'm like, I'm literally, the symptoms are gone. I'm not achy. My throat is not scratchy. Like, I'm not feeling like weak and all those things. So I'm, I'm noticing how my body communicates, like what it requires for me to mm-hmm. actually operate at its full capacity. And yeah. so movement, movement is important. I, I like variety. I need variety. So it's not only that I do yoga, I love kickboxing. Yes, we go to the say we go to the same gym, guys. Yes. <laughs> so like sometimes I need hard core movement mm-hmm. flow. So like bunch of stuff. Yeah, get get it up out of me. Get it up out of me. So yes, yoga movement in in general is how I take care of myself. Sometimes I just ride my bike up and down my driveway, like yeah, down my driveway because I understand how important for it for me for important it is to me to move. And not just that, but when you're moving, it's also a meditation as well. Like mm-hmm. people just only assume meditation is sitting, breathing. No. No, when you move, when you drive, like when you focus in on that one thing, like you are in a meditation and messages come to me then. But yoga really literally helped me understand what emotions that I am releasing from my body at the time. I always know what I'm releasing when I go to kickboxing. (laughs) (laughs) It's up out of me. (laughs) I love it. Right. Like, let me get this just a little bit that I got in there that that sits in my belly. It's a little burn. It's a little, little. my teeth. (laughs) Right. I love kicking that bag. Like, it's just something about that. That's like an amazing release over there. I actually, uh, my husband got me a bag for Christmas too. Yes. So, so if I can't make it to kickboxing, I'm out. I'm out on the porch going yes. in. That's a good gift, girl. My neighbors over here probably like this girl got something new. She in there making the most noise. <laughs> um, did you have like your own personal like awakening moment where you like where it really clicked for you like? this is about to start a new phase in my life. Yes. So I remember, I mean, I've I've legit been on this journey for a very long time, but I remember when Kenya had reached out and she was like, um, she wanted to do a reading and I was like, great. I was cool. And we had set a day and a time to go and do this reading. I'll never forget the day, December the 20th, 2019. Okay. And and then I went to get a reading from her. And when she started to shuffle the cards and cards were popping out, I had such an emotional response. Like I could not stop sobbing. She was like, oh my gosh, we have to get this. <laughs> she was trying every, she was saying everything to me at that moment. But she know in my Virgo ways, when you see something, you get stuck. I get stuck right there. I can't see past anything. So my logic, my analytical mind is just like, listen. I want you to stay open, calm down, take some breaths, let's try this again. Yes. And so when she got to flipping the cards, I said to her, I'm like, why do I know what to say? And she was like, give it a shot. And so I started, it was like a couple cards that just re- jumped out to me. And so I started to tell her, she was like, like I want to show you something. So she had shown me something that she had written down before I came. And it was like literally the exact message. Wow. But then she went on through with the reading and like kind of just come up, uh, uh, 
validating and affirming some of the things that I knew but again I come from a religious background and mm-hmm. so I ain't even supposed to be doing this what are you doing that's how I looked at it right and so but she again she played such a big part in me becoming more expansive and allowing more tools to come in because I was yes. always reminded like like, what are you doing this for? Is it with great intentions or is it for yourself? You know, like just mm-hmm. knowing that how God communicates to us and w- what's the fruit of that, right? Exactly. What you get from that, what, what comes from that. And so she kind of always kept me in that realm, but she also allowed me to go through the process of, and feel how I felt about a lot of stuff because it was a lot of undoing for me. Like yeah. a lot of un- doing the things that the church taught me, things that I already was side-eyeing anyway exactly I would find myself and right before that happened though it was like it had started with church though mm-hmm. I had found myself um jumping from church to church it, it mm-hmm. felt like the church didn't last long like I couldn't find home in church right right mm-hmm. and so I was jumping around moving around and I'm like okay I just uh I just said well maybe I've this you know pastor this church have served me you know yeah like it's time for me to go it's time for me to go but it just it just kept it was happening too frequently I couldn't get comfortable I couldn't like get rooted like I wanted to and so then my friend Tia she had told me about um Infinity Fellowship which was a more spiritual based um place for people to fellowship it's called Infinity Fellowship I'm writing it down (laughs) uh she asked me to come visit I did I fell in love with the whole concept because it was everything that I was like, I remember telling Ram Jeff, I'm like, this is the vision. I like, I could show you like my journal, like giving people a space to like, you can believe whatever you want to believe when you come into this space though, all of that is accepted. Yeah. Everything is accepted. And we're going to, and this is, this is about life. This is about you becoming a better person. He used to take quotes and that would be the sermon of the day, Mm -hmm. right? These quotes come from anybody from Buddha to Ayala, maybe a certain scripture in the Bible, just anywhere in like, it, it was amazing. And I was like, I love this place. And I was so mm-hmm. grateful for Tia for introducing that space to me because it really moved me into a place of being more comfortable with this newfound belief or, you know, that I have because now yeah. having, and then I had to have like conversation, having conversations with my mom and stuff. And she used to be like, I want all my kids to go to church with me. I'm like, yeah, about that. Mm-hmm very difficult for me to want to you know be in a space that I it doesn't feel authentic or in alignment with who I am yeah because you like to sit there and it's and you don't feel good starts to become like really making energetic boundaries for yourself that people don't understand it's on all levels like to- it, it creates new imprints like I'm, I'm doing too much work to get this up out of me to put myself in environments and situations where I'm going to be placing you know causing more of an imprint and it gets deeper 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 embedded into me that I'm gonna have to do yes. really deep work to get it up out of me like we had a funeral to go to and I'm sitting there listening to the pastor like speak and I I was cringing at some point because mm-hmm. I'm like they tell you if you don't go to church then you not you can't have a relationship with God or you going to hell and I'm like you know oh, I told no. my mom I said I'm gonna tell you what I believe in hell, how I believe with heaven and hell heaven heaven and hell is a mindset mm-hmm. it's right here on earth 
It's right here. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. There is no difference, right? Right. A lot of people living in hell right now. A lot of people sitting on this queue that come here every Sunday, every Wednesday to get the good mm. word, living in hell. Because yep. it's all in our minds, just like the devil to me. I told her, I was like, I don't believe in the devil. She was like, really? I'm like, really? And yeah. she was like, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, the devil is the ego, mama. It ain't, you know, the devil didn't make you do it or the devil's not trying to cause you to like jump outside of yourself. Testing trials, are, the testing trials are sure to come. Yes. What happens is, is when you in this space and you made a decision, like, for example, oh, I'm going to stop drinking, right? Some, mm-hmm. Somebody makes a decision to stop drinking. And then they go to a celebration, maybe it's a baby shower and they got an open bar. Right. That ain't the devil. That, was that is, that's that <laughs> test to give you an opportunity to make good on your word, what you put out into the what universe. What you said is giving you an opportunity to level up. For you to level up, for you to have some discipline about yourself. Okay, just because it's an open bar here, are you going to indulge or are you going to make good on your word? Yeah. And then even if you decide to indulge, it's not the devil who made you do it. It was your it was your choice. It was ego. Some we all have moments where we choose to operate out of a, a alignment in awareness. Like we know no, this. We I do. know if I do this. I hell, I do it all the time. Certain foods I know I can't have, right? I know spirit is taking, taking a lot of stuff from me and it's certain foods that I can't have. But sometimes when I'm having like a super stressful day, I'm like, I'm eating them Cheetos. Yes. And like, I'll stop with a headache afterwards. <laughs> I know I'm like, I know I'm gonna get a headache if I eat these, but I don't care. I'm gonna take that headache. We do it all the time. We eat stuff and then go to the bathroom and yeah. like thinking my stomach was messed up. No, it was them. Them, them you, know what you, ate. <laughs> you know what you ate <laughs> it's so true I already know it I tell people like I already know what my stomach hurt <laughs> like I know exactly yeah. what I well, do guess what catch me on a day where I'm like forget it all I'm, I'm ready to risk it all I might go back and have the same thing and go through the same issue that I oh, went good. through Yes, listen, tell the people. Um, because <laughs> people do try to blame you, cannot blame any external things on it. It is no, you, it's you, you. it's you, boo. Like a shoe, <laughs> people don't be wanting to hear that. It's your choice you make. And, like, for example, you know how, like, <clears throat> somebody might say something and their tone is off and they get smart with you, and you're like, mm. Like, especially me coming as a fighter. This is one of the things I had to work through with my man. I wanted to actually, I know you speak a lot. Um, you speak very well of Kenya. Um, do you have any other like um, mentors that you've had like during this journey? Um, Definitely. Ram Jeff was a, a major part of, I mean, he also played a big part in my journey. Like I've learned so much from him and I still like do. I reach out to him when I need to, when I need some advice. Um, yes. Of course, my sister Tiffany, like it's my, <clears throat> most of, I, so I, people call them mentor, but I call them like like-minded. Like I'm just attracted okay. to people who may be on the journey, who have been on the journey when there are things that I need to go to them about certain things. But yeah, like it, it, it's not, I don't, I can't tell you it's expansive. There are people that I follow on Instagram that I never met before that I'm learning so much from too. So it's it's not even, it's not even just that, but it's also like, 
my my biggest mentor has been life experiences. Okay. And really just sitting and reflecting and integrating those things that I have I've learned and mm-hmm. staying open to it. But yes, they definitely have been a major part to this journey, still holding it down, still holding me up. Because yes, you're still growing. Yeah, and I'm human too, and I fall apart at times. And you know, and and I'm such I get inside my head so much that I have to be reminded to move from my mm-hmm. heart and like to listen and listen to the voice of God and discerning the voice of God. So I can't just say it's just I feel like everybody who I come in contact with, my my clients have been mentors to me yeah. and it's because of hearing their stories or even learning or knowing how I have impacted or influenced their life in a way of because I'm like I literally do this for the people. Yes. Tell me um, some tools that you use in your practice that you could not live without. I can't live without movement. Okay. I cannot live without quiet. Okay. There are days, sometimes multiple days during the week where I don't turn on the TV, don't listen to music. I just lay and I lay in stillness and quiet Mm -hmm. and I, I require that. I require so much alone time. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about, you know, when you were so social and going out and doing this and doing that, and it's because like maybe you weren't being yourself and that's what you needed. For me, I definitely wasn't being myself. Mm-hmm. I just had this fear of missing out. Yeah. And I included because of some of my own trauma, right? And so yeah. I was all against the grain and I would be out in these spaces. I would be doing things that like, I hate it. I like the next day or later that night, I would just beat myself up and pick myself apart because I knew it, but I decided to do it anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And the way that I feel people's energy, like I, I just was thinking when I learned more about myself and how energy affects me, my body and stuff I was like how was I surviving this is what you put me down and I used to think that I was depressed I wasn't depressed it was literally other energy that wasn't mine like people moods and feelings that I would just absorb in the midst of my own and just not know how to like this doesn't belong to you get this stuff off of you yes movement is very important quiet stillness like time to myself is very important that was like really hard for my husband when we came into this um, mm-hmm. union because he used to, at first it was, he used to internalize me needing a long time and, and equating it to like, I didn't want to be around him. But I'm like, no, like I taught my kids this. When I, it was just me and the twins, I used to say, mommy isn't a mommy until the clock say six o'clock. And when the yes. clock says six o'clock, you can come and knock on my door because mommy needs to take some alone time. And I think it's important for you guys to have y'all space. Mm-hmm. That, just that I can hear him going up and down the hallway checking the clock the digital <laughs> clock 559 I can see them like the little feet are up under my door having a seat as soon as 6 o'clock hit one will be standing in the kitchen the other will be by the door is it 6 o'clock it's 6 o'clock mommy it's time I always needed that right mm-hmm. I have to be by myself um I'm a big note taker. Um, sometimes it might not be me just taking my notebook and writing in my journal. It's literally me using notes on the phone. And I know both yeah. of them have a different type of impact, but I I have to move a lot of what's going on 
here. Get that in, baby. Get that out. Like I've been journaling since I was like six years old. Like, and it's just because I have so many thoughts during the day. Like, I got to get all that out. Then I can like move or just having those random thoughts that might not mean something just yet, but I need to put them down. So I'm in my phone too, like. Like, I, I still have all of my old journals I'll go back and read them from when I was younger and stuff too like it's so amazing like where I am now Ooh. versus what I was writing about then and then my other two is this I cannot water, all day every day I'm a water on my body going in my body water is very needed showers are a girl's best friend like especially an intuitive yeah, energy wise, like you have to wash the aura. It feels, it yes, I'm saying with you there. Same. I like that. Um, this is like a new question that I'm adding because I am a certified life coach specializing in happiness and fulfillment, trying to get some get some joy to the people. I want to ask everybody, tell me what your idea of happiness is right now because we know that's that changes fluid but what like what what's your idea of happy my idea of happy is flowing Mm -hmm. just moving with the waves and not trying to control or resist or go against them but just allowing it to allow me to flow I sometimes can struggle with that because Mm -hmm. Because of the environment that I grew up in, I grew up have needing to control my environment because that's what made me feel safe. But although it makes it made me feel safe, it no longer works, mm-hmm. right? Um, it no longer works with me being a wife. It no longer works with me being a mother. Like I can't control my children. They're not for me to control. So I have to allow them to be. And it's a lot of things that they do that, you know, because I want to. <laughs> The other day, Kenya had uh, left Ronnie's, Ronnie a gift on a porch, and it was a sensory box, and it had all these different color rice. Where she food, you know, colored the rice, yeah. but they were all in their own Ziploc bag. And right as I go to open it, my phone buzz, and it's Kenya, and she says to me, "Let her mix that rice together." <laughs> That's what I was about to say. This Gemini child is about to open up all these and do this and do this. She she knows because it's like (laughs) the Virgo in me is like there. It's supposed to look and be like this. Right. Right. And so I that happens too often for me and it it blocks me. It hinders me. And Mm -hmm. so it's funny because she knows it's about me. And she was like, It's okay for her to mix this rice together. I said, girl, I'm watching her literally do this right now and I'm cringing <laughs> on the inside. I don't know why. Like, why does that bother me so much? But it's like, it's not supposed to be that way. So like, even with that, like I'm, I'm thinking that things are supposed to be this way. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, be open to flow. Yeah. And when you're Whatever. open to flow, to me, flow feels like alignment. When somebody asks me, what is alignment to you? I'm like, flow. Yes. You're not pushing up against or resisting. You're flowing. Yeah. Like allowing things to come to you, like the way you interact in the world, everything. Like I'm going to go to the store and like, or just move through your day without trying to make sure everything happens according to plan. That's something I have to like work on too, because if I got it planned out, I think it's everything's supposed to happen like this or like, 
like before, like when you would have did that, it wouldn't have agitated me. You're a friend, but I just would have been like, man, I gotta wait. I had something else planned after this. I'm like, yeah. no, like things come up. She has somebody come to her house. She agrees to do this. We're gonna chill. We're gonna press mute. We got so we can do something else real quick while that's going on. That's new for me too. Just being like, yeah. because now we got to have the rest of this beautiful conversation after we took that break. Still, you know, yeah. instead and- of yeah I, it was something that you said I was like yeah that's it but I, I just lost my thought right and it's <laughs> okay it, it's meant for me to say it'll come back to me but yeah it was something you just said but yeah learning learning to just stay open in flow is like it's been it's been a game changer for me and it, it mm-hmm. has created a lot of happiness in my life okay that's what it was the planning when you say everything goes according to plan I've learned that everything is going according to plan when the plan shifts though when there's a shift in the plan is it because you didn't consult with spirit first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you had a conversation you would have known to you know like there were there will be things that, that you would know to do know when to pivot in those moments like you did yes. and so sometimes i think when things don't go according to our plan it's because we never included god in it yes that part Ooh. You've been giving me some little gems this whole conversation. <laughs> like, I love talking to my people. I haven't like got a chance to chat with for a minute. Um, I do like to do a portion of the show as well because I like me and we've been on this call um, on this call for like a second, and I don't want to keep her all day. But um, you're gonna have a lot of editing to do. <laughs> listen, I like. <laughs> The video part, I can do the audio. The audio is easy for me. The video, that ain't in my wheelhouse. So somebody else gonna be doing that for me. <laughs> but um, tell me something that you're grateful for today. I am definitely grateful for my support system. I'm grateful for my family. Like just, I'm grateful for this home. I'm grateful for my clients. Like I am so so grateful to God for the position that I am in and who I have become and allow myself to just be. And I'm grateful for the, the, the impact and the changes that I'm seeing that I wanted to see. And it started with me. And so I'm seeing how I'm having a ripple effect on the overall collective, you know, just starting with one and letting it move out. And so I am definitely grateful for where God has taught me it hasn't been beautiful I ain't like like it's been rainbows and butterflies but (laughs) definitely like it was all worth it yes um today I'm grateful for I feel like every time I do an episode with a guest I always just like I'm grateful that I get to share space with you and I'm so Like, I'm just amazed by your journey and watching it and kind of, I wish I could explain to people. I feel like I was all wrapped up in a group of people who we were, we were, we were all out here. We were having a, we were having a good time at the time of what we knew to do. And I've gotten to just see everybody evolve and really kind of grow into themselves and who they are and mothers and wives. And like, I'm just grateful for being able to actually be a part of that and be in community with people and be able to be like, yo, I love everything about you. Please come chat with me for an hour or so on my podcast and that you like you obliged. Like I'm very grateful for that. 
Thank you. Um, and with that, I want to go ahead and close the episode. And, and this is Real Talk with my homegirl, Woo. Woo, tell the listeners where they can find you, how they find you, your socials, your website, how they can get in with some of this healing from you. Let me- um, I, am, I can be found at, um, my website is www.willgroundedhealing.com. Um, there you can book sessions. You can kind of see what's going on. Um, I just started an Instagram specifically for that page, but right now to learn more about me, my story, because I'm always sharing so much of my life on Instagram, <laughs> um, is uh, at woo, W-O-O underscore Greer, G-R-E-E-R. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me and find out more about me. Yes. And I will leave all of that information to find Woo in the show notes. Um, and again, this is episode number 71, Real Talk with my girl, Woo Greer. And we're going to close this out. I'll talk to you guys again very soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Hi, guys. One more thing before you go, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also catch up on the podcast on YouTube at the same name, Royal Talk with Michelle. Make sure to hit the notification button to be notified when new episodes go up. You can like our Facebook page, Royal Talk with Michelle, and give us a follow on Instagram at Royal Talk with Michelle. You can also leave voice notes in Anchor. And if you'd like to send in your guest gratitudes or you'd like to be featured on a future episode or you have topic suggestions, you can email realtalkwithmichelle at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can at www.anchor.fm. That's F as in Frank and M as in Mary backslash Real Talk with Michelle backslash support. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Real Talk with Michelle. I am so grateful for you. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.